Welcome to the podcast. Um, normally at this time, guys, I like to do shout-outs and where you can find me on social media, but in uh, in my world, uh, I had a really good friend, my defense partner of, uh, I think it's like the last seven years now, getting a serious a serious car accident or truck accident here this past Monday, and so he's been in an induced coma in Saskatoon Hospital ever since, and so since that time, uh, life has kind of been on a bit of a standstill, to say the least. Um, I think everybody's thoughts and prayers go out to Brewman and his family, and I know everybody's pulling for him. Um, since that time, we we all got together and and uh, ran a golf tournament over the weekend that you know initially had been initially had been set up for the Hitman as a little bit of a fundraiser, but to give everybody an idea. Uh, Tuesday afternoon, we we went and saw Bruy in the hospital and and knew we had to do something. And so we talked about it. And Wednesday morning, we'd made the decision to to put on this this fundraiser on the weekend, this golf tournament, and and donate all the proceeds back to him. And since then, it has been. Well, I honestly, I just, I, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's almost been surreal, and we went from having maybe fifty some golfers and I think two hole sponsors to seventy two golfers, over thirty hole sponsors, and just about everything under the sun for that tournament paid for, and all that came together so so quick. So, like, it just people, the amount of people reaching out and and helping and and everybody just trying to do their best for for the man family and and brew and kira and and uh you know i i was saying earlier this uh yesterday you know at times in the world it just seems like can be such a negative place and uh and something like this comes along and rocks your world and People just come together, and it is such a and it's such a terrible time, and it's such a wonderful thing to see people come together like that. And I can't speak highly enough, and be proud enough of the Homeland community, the Lloyd Minster community. Um, you know, we even had the Dewberry Mustangs do- donate something, and they'll get a chuckle out of this. Or people who listen will get a chuckle. For years, Homeland Dewberry on the ice since I've played. You know, it's it's not like we're the best of friends on ice but uh, when things like this happen people set aside their differences and and uh, go for a common goal um, I shouldn't leave Dewberry uh, as the only one St. Wahlberg uh, people from Neilberg reached out I'm sure there's many more I'm I'm apologize already for not having everybody listed I know the donations came in from as far south as or as far west, I guess should say, is Kelowna, Lethbridge, um, like it just all over the place, and it has been an amazing thing to see and be a part of. Uh, I I gotta say thank you to uh, Graham Murray, Brad Simons, Cole Costa Riva. They helped with the golf tournament this week. They were instrumental in putting it on, and without those guys. Um, it just doesn't be su- such a success as it is. Like it's, 
it's been a, a whirlwind ride, like I've been saying. Other people, though, I mean, the list, if you're not on this list, I apologize already. I'm going to probably say that a hundred times. There were so many people um, help that it was just, well, surreal is, is the only word I can explain. It's something that everyone should experience in this life, not the tragedy part or the 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 sorrow part, the the hurt part, but when everybody comes together like that, that is just something that is just words are I can't describe it. But I'm gonna try my best here. So Harley Newman, Jerry Wayhill, Jason Ross, Russell Murray, Max Ziegler, Easton Abrowski, Ashley Simons, Colby McDonald. For starters, all those people helped uh whether it was with setup showing up and working shifts or dealing with prizes or dealing with questions, people helping out, instrumental in making that day as successful as it is. But, I mean, we had a hole-in-one challenge um, that we had people sit there all day long in the baking sun. Hunter, uh, Madonic, his uh, fiance Lee, his sister Taylor, their mom, right? They, they, they sat there the entire time. I, I'm missing people here, but I mean, there was just, they just sat there and watched golfers all day long, and uh, that was a huge fundraiser part for it, and that was really cool, and I want to say a thank you to them. Um, there was the women's uh, Lady Russ, or Lady Russ, Lady, Lady Outlaws hockey team. They came and worked our, our, we had a little bar set up on hole six, and they sat there for 90% of the day and worked it. Actually, I think that's a lie. They sat there for 100% of the day, and I think they came and worked the bar later on at the actual um, hall. So, I mean, without those people reaching out and volunteering, once again, just like a huge thank you to you guys. Uh, Ryland Thompson, old Tommy Thompson, he was our auctioneer. He did an amazing job. Um can't speak highly enough about that young guy he came and did our calcutta we ran a calcutta auction halfway through so after nine holes we auctioned off the teams we raised well we got a total of eight thousand the four of it going to brewery obviously um he also did our auction at night after supper and i'm gonna give you a little story here growing up in hillmond you've heard the stories of eileen Lindsay's buns specifically now when there is a big event or somebody in need, Eileen Lindsay always donates baking. And there's always these stories about, oh, it's, yeah, somebody paid 100 somebody paid 400 stuff like that. And maybe I'm getting the numbers out of whack. Maybe it was even higher than that. But I got to witness firsthand they were the first auction item we had, and they went for $700. Buns or loaves of bread, I should say, four loaves of bread went for $700. Like, that is amazing. And the boys sent me a Snapchat that night saying, I always wondered what $700 of, or $700 bread tastes like. And they were saying, as their mouths are full, oh, very, very good. <laughs> uh, just awesome to see. Secondly, I got to give a shout out to Easton Abrosi because we're done with the auction. And by this time, We've auctioned off four or five items, and it has gone exceptionally well. And he goes, auction off, he yells from the crowd, auction off a case of Pilsner. And I look back, and I got the microphone, I'm like, you want me to auction off a case of Pilsner? And he goes, yeah, I'll start the bidding at 300 I look at Brad Simons, he's like, all right, okay. So we walk in, we grab the case of Pilsner, it was a 36-pack, 
and we proceed to auction off two thirty-six packs. They go for a total of two thousand dollars. Then we proceed to auction off the rest of the bar. I mean, any bottle we had that we could sell. And I think our total for the auction that night was seventy-five hundred dollars. And I'm telling you, there wasn't enough uh, enough stuff in there worth seventy-five hundred dollars. So it is just amazing to uh, to see. Give me a sec here, guys. I see that Jackson and Bryce have arrived. So I got the boys sitting in here for me with me while I do the end of this, but essentially where I was going was next. Uh, this golf tournament, we started out with having costs of, I want to call it seven, eight grand, and all of those disappeared almost overnight. So I got to give a huge thank you to um, Crude Master Transport, T-Bar One Transport, Kirk, Kent, Thompson, and families, um, McAllister Drilling, Can Do, Auto and Lube in town. Between all of those, they covered lunch, supper, uh, guaranteed 50-50 at $1,000, guaranteed the Calcutta at $1,000. I should also mention uh, George and Merv Mann's ranching outfits, um, VT Feeders, Northern Livestock, and Shannon Eaton of Weaver Order Buyer. Uh, those five put together a thousand bucks each and guaranteed us a thousand or a five thousand dollar hole in one challenge everybody had to pay 20 or anyone could pay twenty dollars for three balls and uh all that guys i we still don't have the figure what it is at but it was amazing and just absolutely surreal to see so many people come together and for a cause like that to raise money for a good friend and a good community member and just an amazing human being so I want to say thank you to everybody, and if I missed anyone, I really apologize. Those are uh, the list. Like I say, I, I think we had 125 businesses that I'd written down on that day alone had donated either through the auction site or written checks for the tournament, you name it, and it's it's pretty astounding. So um, if you're looking to help out and you're sad you missed the, the golf tournament, there still is the 32 auction site. It goes till this Friday coming up. So that's 32 auctions, 32 auctions, A-U-C-T-I-O-N-S dot com backslash brewman. Brewman is B-R-U-E, man, M-A-N-N. So please head over there and uh, there's some cool stuff. We just got a bull. I was saying to the boys here, we got a bull on our site. I don't know how the heck that happens, but all of a sudden we have a bull sitting there and you can buy a bull off there, put it in your backyard. I'm sure the kids would love it. Um... All right, well, in studios tonight, I got Jackson Kluski of the Seattle Thunderbirds and Bryce Kindup of the Everett Silvertips. We're going to go over a little bit of their minor hockey in Lloyd, um, the Bantam draft, playing in the WHL, what it, what it's like, what it takes to stay there, off-season training, uh, and we'll have a little bit of fun. All right, so without further ado. <laughs> So, welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast, boys. As I was saying to you off air, you're the two youngest guys I got in here. And I was laughing because I say be here by 7 and you both show up at 10 to 7. You're the fastest people to get here on time. And I've had like 7-year-olds here that are late. And they always text and apologize. It's not a big deal. But I'm impressed, boys. You're on time. That's pretty cool. 
Try to be. Yeah, thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Oh, absolutely, guys. Um, so what I want to do here, so everybody can kind of get used to your voice, is uh, I was thinking uh, you could say your name and then uh, what team you're currently on and then give your favorite movie from the bus. And if you got a funny story about it or a funny line, not maybe not a funny story, but a movie quote you like from it, that would be awesome. All right. Um, I'm Brace Kendoff. Uh, the current team I'm on right, on right now is the Everett Silvertips of the Western Hockey League. And uh, my favorite bus movie would have to be The Step Brothers. I, I think a good movie in general, maybe not even just a bus movie, but anytime it's on, it's always a good movie. Did we watch. just become best friends? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's got to be the best line. Uh, I'm Jackson Kaleski. Um I play for the Seattle Thunderbirds in the WHL, um, just down the road from Bryce. Um, my favorite boss movie is probably Slapshot, just a classic. Um, when everyone's bored, it gets thrown on usually and gives gives a good laugh. Um, there's a few crazy scenes in there, so keeps uh, keeps the boys live. Slapshot's like timeless. Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I you know like 30 years from now, kids will still be watching Slapshot. Yeah, right. Like it just because I'm sure that's a 1970s new uh, movie. Uh, good old Paul Newman in there and. Like who else, right? Like, it's, and it's just like a throwback to like the old days of hockey. But that's a classic. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, I feel like whenever you're on the bus, you you almost have to put it on no matter what kind of thing. Yeah, don't even gotta pay attention. But uh, there's a few scenes that just grab your eye and <laughs> give you a laugh or two. So yeah, we maybe won't utter those lines no. on here with you. no. <laughs> Do you guys still watch Youngblood then too? Yeah, that's another one too. A little team with uh, Miss uh, McGingle. Yeah, McGingle? yeah, we've seen that one a few times on there. That one isn't, uh, it hasn't got as quite much flavor as Slapshot, does it? Everybody's favorite Slapshot, but not quite so much Youngblood. Yeah, I think our our, our uh, bus gets Youngblood shown a few times a season on there for sure. Yeah, cool. So you're both from Lloydminster, correct? Yep. Yep. Um, I was wondering, I always ask, we always go back to the beginning. Uh, you're both young guys, um, but how did you get your start? How old were you? Uh, do you remember, was it early, or were you a late starter, late bloomer when it came to hockey? Uh, for me, I got on the ice my first year of initiation and didn't make it out too far. I, I think I started crying, actually, and I called, <laughs> called it quits right there. My parents took the year off there. My parents took me home, and then the next year after, I got back out there and stayed out, and then ever since, I've just been playing from there. Yeah, I was kind of uh, a little, I guess, not the, or not the same, but a little bit different. Um I lived right by a rink when I was uh, growing up, so I skated out there from probably when I was two or three, whenever I could stand on my own on skates. And then um, I played my first year of initiation when I was four, I think, as a little underager. So my my dad had to coach or whatever, but uh, that was uh, that was my highlight of my career, getting to play a year of underage hockey. But uh, I loved it ever since, so that's where that went. Uh, did uh, Where did you play on the ponds? Uh, we lived over by Holy Rosary School there in uh, Parkview, so I uh, there used to be a um, just a rink built there by our house, so we'd walk down there, skate there a bit. I Is guess it? if uh, we're talking about like ponds, uh, my dad built me a backyard rink growing up my whole life, so I guess I started skating before initi initiation on that. So shout out to my dad for doing that. <laughs> uh, I'm actually thinking about doing. It. I, I got two. Uh, I got a boy who just turned three, and a girl who turns two here in July. And uh, growing up, somehow my dad convinced the old Hill Mondarina to give us some of the old boards. So we actually had on the farm 
an old little arena with hill mo- like actual arena boards yeah. <laughs> and so we got to go and just hop off the steps of the trailer and go play hockey until whatever time and right yeah. like it was yeah unreal. That's, that's awesome and at this point in my life i'm going you guys will get here someday when your hockey careers are over you'll go should i put the work in of an outdoor <laughs> rink oh man like yeah. yeah i imagine it's a lot of work but but at the same time you look at it the way i look at it right like if you care about it and uh, your kids enjoy it. It's probably worth it, right? Yeah, sure. you bet. Always um, wish I had one, so. Yeah, it did a lot for me, to be honest, so I think it's worth it. You both uh, talked about um, some of the biggest contributors or most biggest influencers on your life thus far has been your parents. Maybe we should talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the biggest part of my parents, for me, um, they didn't really force me to play to play hockey. I think they just let me do what I wanted to, and it wasn't really stressful. They didn't yell at me after a game. Um, gave me some pointers maybe along the way maybe a couple arguments but they did a lot for me so yeah yeah I think um my parents were a huge part of it just because they were uh they gave me every opportunity I always uh got to got to get equipment when I needed it and stuff like that and they worked hard to make sure I could have that kind of stuff uh to have the best opportunity and um my dad didn't play hockey for a long time but he see or he saw the game really well and uh that uh, that was a huge part too because obviously your coach can't be in here all the time too so he was a big coach and then um, my mom was just a great supporter always uh, looking out for me if I didn't have my best game or whatever and stuff <laughs> like that so it was uh, yeah it was good yeah <laughs> moms are the best yeah they keep everything good in the house what uh, did you guys grow up having I don't know if I'm I'm not I'm so far away from minor hockey right now did you have to do early morning practices we we did early morning practices our last year in midget actually before before high school. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like I mean, the year you guys went to the Telus Cup, yeah. you guys were doing morning practices. Yeah. Was it seven? I think. Yeah, I think it was seven a.m. and then before first class. Oh, seven a.m. Well, no, that's still no, early it's not, enough. It's not. But, I mean, it's not I a think, six a.m. practice. Growing up, still though, I think we had the odd six a.m. practice for sure. Man, I still think about that right now. That my parents were. I was living in Helmont, so we were yeah. driving to Lloyd, twenty-five minutes. So we we're getting up at like five in the morning to get to Lloyd for a 6 a.m. practice yeah. and my parents never complain once yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah it's incredible what they do but um I think it uh it makes them happy to see see their kid doing something that they that they really like and obviously it, I think it kept us out of trouble too so they're probably yeah. happy about that yeah I hear a lot of that is doing it to keep your kids out of trouble <laughs> and happy those are probably the two big ones right <laughs> they're too tired of worn out they're not going to try and go find extracurriculars to get themselves <laughs> yeah. into yeah for sure so um i was wondering i've been talking with a lot of the old boys that have been on uh, and i guess i'm to you guys i'm an old boy which is funny i've been a young guy talking to all these old boys now i'm the old boy um in the summers i always grew up playing fastball or windmill uh not baseball but windmill and uh, really enjoyed having a break from hockey. Uh, I know it's been a big thing now. Growing up, we didn't have, there was no ice in Lloyd, if you can believe it. We had no artificial ice in Lloyd to go skate. So the only place we were going was either Saskatoon or Edmonton to play spring hockey for, I think it was like a month and a half back then. It was a lot of money too, which I'm sure spring hockey now isn't cheap. Um, What has been your guys' experience with that? Are you both uh, dual sport athletes or did you both strictly go hockey and, and maybe just uh, some thoughts on it uh, yeah I think growing up both of us we played spring hockey for a little bit we went up to Edmonton growing up when, when we were a little bit younger um, 
our friend group kind of went through a little phase. We played a little tennis one summer, maybe, and then <laughs> I think it's I think just golf has been has been a huge thing for both of us for sure. But I think it's been mainly hockey for me growing up. I uh, when I was growing up, I was uh, playing ball for a bit, uh, baseball. So I enjoyed that, but it got to a point I think where it was too much for for me and my parents uh, when it came to trying to enjoy the summer because we have a we have a lake we like to get out to too. So um, yeah, I quit that uh, probably when I was about. 10 or 11 and then um i started golfing a lot uh every weekend with my dad and his friends and uh and then me and bryce now we golf uh, probably every almost every day together in the summer so um obviously we live a pretty pretty lavish life in the summer uh but but uh it gets us away from hockey a bit and uh makes us enjoy the rink more too i think when we go i'm gonna pause it there because i want to make sure i'm getting you both keep doing what you're doing um we're talking about uh your summers and and dual sports so you never burned out of hockey then no not really i mean i um, mean obviously you haven't i mean you're yeah, still playing you're yeah, playing obviously uh once it comes to summertime we well i usually work out in the morning and then like we, like i said uh, we golfed a lot and then there was that one odd summer i don't know why but it was tennis every day which was good for good for the why tennis i don't know like who who came up with the idea? Hey guys, maybe we should grab some tennis. Maybe because it was free or something. I don't know. Yeah, free. <laughs> we thought it was good for us. So there's quite a bit of running there. So. The funny I thing really is, know. I feel like everybody goes through a tennis phase because I, I remember having a little bit of a tennis phase in high school too. I was terrible at it. How did yeah. you guys make out? We're not good. Yeah, we're not very good. <laughs> we try the overhand serves, hit the net a couple times, <laughs> make up our own rules. Yeah, yeah there's it's not even by the end it's not even real tennis. A little, a little bit of wiffle ball too, actually. Like yeah. Last summer, bought some. Wiffle ball's got a couple of boys together. Yeah. Yeah. Typical hockey players. Yeah. Go go to a tennis court, start playing tennis, realize you're not that good at it. Now <laughs> yeah. well, let's change the rules and make it into a game we can play that's at least fun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Something that we might be good at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how many times I've gone to, I don't know, somewhere, started a game out of like two sticks and yeah. a ball and yeah. you create some nets and you throwing a couple random rules and you have a blast for an afternoon and then the next day you're like how do we even pull that off yeah, <laughs> yeah i know yeah for sure. that. <laughs> so did how about you did you ever or sorry you jackson yeah um yeah i just obviously i played baseball there and stuff and then um we had that phase of tennis so we did that for a bit and then but um, did you ever sorry did you ever like yeah I guess what did guys, I phase out of yeah, that did, you guys are curious. What people are curious about is it's a big debate right now, and now you guys are right smack in the middle of it, and obviously you got hockey careers to worry about, right? Mm-hmm. So obviously you're not going to go, well, I hate hockey, and I don't think either of you do because I mean you both have very successful careers going on right now. Mm-hmm. But what are your thoughts? Like you got friends who would have gone through the same thing. Have you seen a lot of them burn out by the time they're seventeen? They're just like, you know what? I'm I'm done with hockey. Yeah. Like I've done it too many. And is that more because they didn't have success with it in your mind then, or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I I definitely have seen that. We've had a couple buddies that have came out of midget and just thought they just wanted to go to school because maybe they weren't so successful in hockey. And I think uh, maybe just doing too much training in the summer and not taking enough time off could definitely burn you out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think I see a lot of uh, a lot of kids younger nowadays too. Um, in the summers, it's it's hockey the whole summer on your on your skates and stuff like that. And for me, I was never interested in doing that. Um, we did spring hockey a couple of years, but then after that, uh, that was enough for me. And I just wanted to get away from the sport a bit. Um, it's just I found that it's too much um, at a young age, and you should get out and enjoy other 
things because you never you never know what you're going to be good at. Maybe you're not the best hockey player. Maybe you're better at basketball or baseball, um, whatever it is. So, But we've played with guys that get to the WHL and um, they play for a year and they, it's just not for them. Um, it's a little too much. So I think that all leads into that. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, There's, a, like, sports growing up. Maybe ask, was there a sport you didn't get to play that you wish you would have? And for me, it was always football, or now I'm starting to see rugby. Like, I just, for some odd reason, I went, I don't know if I would have been getting You guys are both looking at me. I'm a small guy. I probably would have disappeared on the field, got drilled and been out concussion <laughs> first day. But for some reason, I always thought football would have been fun. But I, it always conflicted strictly with hockey schedules, so to me, there was never any point. How mm-hmm. about you guys? Uh, yeah. For me, I think it was basketball. Um, a little b-ball. Yeah. As we, as we are watching the, yeah. the Raptors game. Yeah. yeah. I brought my uh, basketball hoop to the gym. I work out here a couple or last week, and once I'm done working out, I usually play some one-on-one with somebody, or I don't know. It's just I think it'd be fun to be be good at that for sure. Prison rules? Yeah. Anything goes. Kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a couple body checks flying around. Wait. <laughs> Dumbbell off the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um. Yeah, I think I think uh, I I would have liked to play football. Um, I always liked uh, running uh, sports. I played a little bit of soccer, I guess, too, when I was real little. Got away from that, but uh, like you said, it conflicted a bit, so I never got a chance to play that. And uh, but I, I think it I think it worked out either way because I'm I'm not that great of a catcher. Um, but uh, it's something I think would have been cool to be good at. And you gotta have energy to do it too, right? Oh. Like hockey's demanding, man. Yeah. Like. You're, like you're on the ice a lot. Even back in my day, you're on the ice a lot. And every weekend you're traveling. Because one of the crappiest things about Lloyd hockey specifically is the travel. Like you're just yeah. – you're not in mm-hmm. Edmonton where you, or Calgary where it's a city league and you just bounce around 20 minutes and you're at a rink. And, you know, somebody from Edmonton will call me and say that it's – oh, it's 40 minutes in traffic. And I'll go, oh, that's great. Yeah. But, I mean, here, like growing up, I was Fort St. John, Fort Mac, uh, Grand Prairie – Oh man, the the list goes on. Um, those are just the bad ones, right? Like mm-hmm. everywhere you go here, what's your guys like? You guys, I'm assuming, grew up the same way, right? Because I mean, yeah. midget, you're still traveling to the cities and everything else, right? Yeah, yeah. Calgary, Grand yeah. Prairie, those are probably. Yeah, I think in midget there was there was like a three weekend stretch where we were in Calgary every every weekend, and yeah. it's uh it it gets annoying after at the third weekend, but. Uh, um, we had a pretty good team, so it was it was easy to travel on the bus. But still, yeah, it's not it wasn't too fun growing yeah, up with bus, those travels. The bus is tough to get comfortable on. I, <laughs> it's tough on the back, especially you, especially when you're a rookie yeah, too you're or something. Up at the front of the bus. So. Oh yeah, right, doubling up. Yeah. I forgot. It's been a long time, boys. Get the yeah. in. Yeah. Get the AC on for the, for the bats in the back. Yeah, hopefully you're sitting beside a small guy or something. You can doesn't take up too much room you can kind of bully him a bit into sitting on the edge of the seat or something what did you guys think did you see Zidane Chara's comments on uh his thoughts on rookies um about a week ago 10 days ago I did not know he uh he talked about how there's no rookies in Boston he treats everybody the same and that's the culture they have yeah and it's it was uh for me personally I never experienced that in all my junior days even in my when I went over to Finland it was just rookie vet kind of thing and it's that's the it's been what's ingrained into junior hockey for sure and it's a nice kind of little balance right yeah. but uh Odin Hillmon playing senior for the last like seven eight years that's been something what Zidane Ochara was talking about 
and it's a really cool atmosphere when you don't have the uh, the group building the group two groups mm-hmm. yeah. even though it's a fun thing to be a part yeah. of in, in junior hockey because I mean yeah. the doubling up yes that just brings back vivid memories getting your first year you're well I don't know I I'm, we'll probably get to it but your first year you're probably a little nervous and then they stick you with somebody heck you're probably happy to be stuck with somebody for the first couple of times so you're not so yeah. mm-hmm. nervous and then after about the third road trip you're like okay out here. yeah I could just use my own seat now yeah, yeah. yeah I think uh, it's definitely that's growing out of the game um the the rookie vet kind of treatment stuff obviously it's slowly slowly going away but um there's the still the little things in junior that they try to hold like the doubling up on the bus and whatnot but uh i think uh, lots of teams are working closer towards that kind of culture because obviously it works you look at boston they're they're doing pretty well so yeah they just we're just talking about they're up thumped them last night i'm still pulling for the blues boys they got a lot of Canadians, so I think I'm pulling for them too. Yeah, they're well, and they went from what dead last in the NHL. Yeah, and now in January, or February, yeah. they were dead last. And then old Bennington comes Bennington, in. Yeah, yeah, ah, freaking cool. Yeah. Uh, so both you play your minor hockey in Lloyd. Now yeah. you play your Bantam and Midget together. Yeah, we yeah. played Every Pee-wee, Adam Pee-wee, Pee-wee, both years of Bantam. Really? One year of midget. You're tied at the hip then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Must I have been so. a tough uh, tough deal when you went separate ways in the dub. Yeah. Well, we were only 30 minutes apart in the dub too. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. just bounce, bounce back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Everett's that close? There, uh, depends yeah. Depends on traffic. Could be an hour. Could only be 30 minutes. I thought it was farther than that. No, it's no. just down the road. Just downtown Seattle kind of separates the, the two teams. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, wow. (laughs) Somehow we've managed to stick (laughs) close together. (laughs) Ah, That's cool. Well, let's talk about uh, Bantam and Midget then. I mean, you boys, I remember watching your guys' team specifically when you're on your way to Telus Cup and uh, the amount of talent you guys had on that team. But, I mean, I didn't realize, maybe nobody talks about it, but Bantam back in Westerns, um, what was that like? Like, what was your – what was that group like? Because that group, everybody talks about Lloyd. You're the, you were saying off air, like that's the first ever Lloyd team to go to the Telus Cup, and it was a very special group. And a lot of you are scattered, scattered now throughout the WHL and Junior A and everything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, after after our our second year, the year we went to Telus Cup and Midget, the next year I, I don't think anybody came back. I think everybody was gone to Junior after that. Yeah, and um, back to Bam there too. Like it was. It was crazy to look back on that now and see how many how many players um, went on to, to we all kind of stuck together throughout and all um, met back up our second year of uh, midget. Um, some guys didn't make the major team like myself. I didn't make the major team my first year, so I played U16. But then um, we all kind of got back together, and then there was a, there was a few different uh, players in the lineup. But uh, so we were really familiar with each other. We knew kind of what it was like to play with each other and win together. So. I think we kind of had an upper hand on everyone and that for that uh, kind of scenario, I guess. Well, and you got that midget year, you go to a Max Cup, right? Yeah, we, we lost we lost 2-1 in the finals at the Max. Yeah. Calgary. Like, was that your first taste of, like, kind of the big stage? Oh, yeah. You? I mean, yeah. we go there, play in the Saddle Dome. Quite a like, couple thousand people there, I think. And it's on it's on TV, too. So it was a pretty I think. And that was, that was a tough, tough loss for sure. Yeah, I think it was kind of uh, it was a cool opportunity too because it was it was our first look at what it was like to play in one of those rinks, and then 
also our first look at what it was like to be unsuccessful that year because I think we only had like one regular season loss up to that point and uh it actually I think it actually came to Calgary too they had our number of it that year so um we were really hoping to get them in the playoffs but uh I don't even think we did get them in the playoffs we uh they lost out so um but it probably worked out because who knows what could have happened there if they had our number what was it like what was so like was it just strictly talent on that team or was it talent plus coaching was it just the group of guys gelled so well together what do you what do you look back on and think like that's what we had yeah I think it was a little bit of all that like Jackson said growing up together I think you build that bond you it's almost just like going to the rink with your brothers every day and then obviously we had a great coaching staff that year with Travis obviously taking the reins for us um I think it's just once you have that kind of group in the room where it just feels like family and you know you can make a mistake and some guy will pick you up um I think that really helps for sure yeah I think uh it was good too just because we had such a good bond with Travis um he was our coach in Bantam and we obviously went to the westerns and uh it was uh we had been together quite a while and then we all got back together that year in uh midget and um we all kind of knew um what it was like to be with each other and he uh he he knew uh, what it, what it would take to to get us to um, a championship kind of stage. He just uh, he had the right mindset. Um, he could he could talk to you like a like a friend, but he could also uh, be hard on you when he needed to be and straighten you up if you weren't playing too well. So um, that part of it was good. And then yeah, all the guys were worked really well together. Um, we had guys that uh, like we had just guys with pure talent playing on the fourth line too so like yeah, it was we we didn't even have really first second third fourth lines like it was you could kind of mix and match put anyone out there and, and you were uh, probably going to get a good result so well and heck let's not even forget about your defense you had ty smith who was the d-man of the year for uh chl thank you yeah. and then you had tj uh, lloyd who was the d-man of the year for C- all of yeah cghl yeah yeah yeah, that's, like that's that's insane. Yeah, it was pretty crazy the pool of talent that this kind of the 2099 um, age group turned out to be in Lloyd, uh, and the fact that we all got to play together and guys weren't getting scattered uh, throughout uh, going to the prep teams and stuff like that. It was cool to see that everyone stayed, and uh, we got the opportunity to all play together. And now it's cool to see where everyone's ending up. Kind of like obviously Ty, he's he's carving a pretty good path for himself and and whatnot. So. Yeah, well, I think all you are. I mean, not everybody can be – I mean, everybody's got their different degrees of success, but, like, you look at your guys' team and everybody is doing yeah. pretty good, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was Yeah, it was a pretty special team. Not a lot of guys get to get to play on that, and it's funny too because a lot of guys that we play with now in the, in the dub, all uh, we all played against them um, back in the day when we were in Bantam and Midgen or whatever because lots of them are from Alberta and Saskatchewan and whatever, so – um, they all mentioned that they're always a little bit bitter about Lloyd and how stacked they were always. It wasn't it wasn't fair to play us. So, um, yeah, I kind of like having the upper hand in the in the locker room battles. There That's pretty that. cool, though, right? Like yeah. Lloyd's only. I mean, Lloyd's only for this area. It's big, but Lloyd's like thirty thousand people, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know, thirty five thousand. You're going up against cities that are millions of people. Yeah, you you don't think you'd hear guys complaining about about Lloyd, to go right? Play, play hockey and Lloyd, but yeah, I heard that a bunch too. The guy saying, "Oh, we gotta go play Lloyd again." It's, it's <laughs> that's a fun. feather in your boy's cap. Yeah, that's nice to have. <laughs> what was uh What was the national tournament like? Because that was out east, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was out in uh, St. John, I believe. Yeah, New Brunswick, and uh, 
it was pretty cool when we first got there because half of us haven't even left Saskatchewan or Alberta and uh, seen any other part of Canada. So everyone was pretty amazed at that. And uh, but it was a cool opportunity to see kind of how we how we fared against the other teams, and it it didn't go the way we wanted. We had a bit of a tough break down there, and and uh, it was what it was. But uh, all in all, it was pretty pretty awesome experience for us. Yeah, just like kind of the atmosphere kind of thing, just being on that big stage, like hotels right on the water, kind of just a whole different vibe there. And then just the big crowds you get, just knowing there, there's a lot of people watching you under a microscope, I think it, it helped our careers for sure. Yeah, well, I, just imagine the amount of scouts that were sitting there. Like, yeah. if I'm a scout, that's where I want to be, right? For yeah. Whether that's, whether you're talking Division One or Pro, right? Or yeah, even Division Three, Two, it doesn't matter, right? If you're a school you want good hockey players you go to the big stages that's yeah. as big as it gets for midget hockey yeah. in canada yeah yeah there was definitely a lot of uh a lot of guys that got that that look that they needed that extra look yeah probably probably kind of like me too i was i was already listed by moose jaw before that but um and then uh i got to i don't think they knew too much about me even though i was listed and then i got to camp and and that was um one thing that they were they were really uh talking to me about so that definitely gave me an upper hand on other guys too at camp i think so something like that is huge for for players that aren't uh, exactly in the spotlight all the time too yeah how long did you guys go down to uh where did you say you were at i must uh, miss st st john new brunswick st john's how long did you go to st john's for i think it was about a week. a week maybe a little bit more than a week yeah, yeah. flew out obviously flew out. yeah and was it all your families went with you yeah, I think we had a bunch of family there. They didn't travel like when we did. I think they traveled a little bit later. Yeah, I think uh, I remember seeing a photo. There was, there was, I think there was almost close to a hundred people yeah, from Lloyd that came. Like there was hundred people. Even, wow. Yeah, I think it was some crazy like that. There was like uh, friends of family that came and stuff like that. So um, that was one thing that I was always uh, super fascinated by too was the amount of support we got like in our. Uh, playoff games we were at the start of playoffs we were getting like 500 fans out to games which is a lot more than others and then at our uh, regional uh, championship to go uh, to Telescope, I think we had like a full barn. Oh, I was at yeah. the Civic games. Yeah. The yeah. Civic was, was absolutely crazy. packed. Yeah, people are just standing, like there was only standing room, which I've never seen at the Civic before. So the even for warm-ups, it was the crazy. only times the Civic gets that full is on the big stages. So that yeah. is obviously one of the biggest stages Lloyd can see at the midget level. Yeah. And that barn that night was bumping. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'll I'll uh, remember that forever. It was crazy. We always talk about how how packed that place was for those couple games. It was crazy. Yeah, and it's cool to see a community get behind a team like that, right? Like, yeah. I mean, it's hard to do. We talk about it watching, like, even the Raptors, right? Like, right now, the regular season, we're all joking that none of us watch regular season. Mm-hmm. But then, as they go deeper in the playoffs, and they're currently losing 65-59, they got to pick it up. <laughs> but as they go deeper in playoffs, and now they're in the finals, right? Like, the entire country oh, yeah. is watching them. It's, like, pretty cool, right? And that's what... Lloyd kind of does well that's what a lot of communities does once you get down it's hard to watch any team I don't know what they play in the NBA 82 games or whatever like unless you're mm-hmm. an absolute diehard you ain't watching 82 games no but if you can watch the big the big ones and that's what that one was for you guys like that was yeah that was a fun one to watch and it showed me and uh, you know I didn't come out and watch a ton of midget games that year but that that was one of two midget games I watched that year and you guys were like unbelievable it was impressive to watch you guys yeah 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 i think uh, yeah that team was unreal it was such it was so fun to be a part of just 
all the talent and the friends I made on that team. A couple guys from out of town that I don't get to see too much too often, but they're all they'll always be one of my best friends. So it was awesome to be a part of. Yeah. Dude. Another thing about that game too, just to add, was I remember we were standing uh, standing in the hallway and one guy peeked out and looked and saw the the stands were pretty full and I remember everyone just looking at each other like, oh boys, like look at us, look at us, like we're here. But uh, no, yeah, everyone was pretty hyped up for that and uh, yeah, it was it was cool. I won't forget it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, just pull it up. It keeps wanting to fall down. issues. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, Jackson's messing with the mic, folks. It's no big deal. <laughs> um, we were talking about coaches. What was like? What was so special about uh, Travis? You both mentioned him as being one of your your best coaches, and he's a local guy who played um, some really good hockey down south, right? CHL. Uh, he played with my actually played with my oldest brother back when they were on their dynamite role with the Midwest Red Wings back in the day and uh, a Paradise Hill boy, right? Like local to the bone and for him to come back and then be on a team and coach like that. And then you guys mark him down as like, he must've done something right. What did he help instill in you guys? Yeah. He was just one of those coaches that knew what it took and he just let us play our game kind of, he he got on us when, when he needed to. But I think um, what else helped too is he wanted it just as much as we did. He, He knew we could win a championship and, um, he wanted it really bad for us too in the community. I know that. So he just let us play our game and um, had great systems. So uh, yeah, he was one of my favorite coaches growing up for sure. I think a big part of it too, um, like I mentioned before, he was he was super uh, personable. Um, he was one coach that will always stick out to me just because he felt he felt like another dad too. He uh, he wasn't he wasn't mean. He wasn't wasn't too hard on you when he when he knew that he he shouldn't be and stuff like that and I think um lots of coaches are kind of starting to realize stuff like that now too that all players are different and he kind of knew how to coach different guys and whatever and that that was a huge that was a huge advantage for for him over some other teams probably that had different style of coaches and stuff like that but uh yeah I just remember like our our year end celebrations and stuff like that like we were we were all just a family like like yeah. uh yeah we could all we could all be together and and it was awesome and, and fun whenever whenever we all get together so we still talk and and uh hopefully talk more before the summer is over all right cool I was wondering uh on the road you get a you get that tight tight knit there has to be some shenanigans, and I mean by shenanigans, I'm thinking of what we used to do as leaners, lots and lots oh. of leaners. Yeah, speaking of leaners, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was at the max. Yeah, it was uh, at the max. We, we, we kind of got the floors like flooded almost, and they had to bring up these big fans into the hallways, and we got a pretty good stern stern warning for that. <laughs> so, um, the, floor, the floors were pretty soaked. Yeah, I think they might have been even threatening us to that they were going to move us out of the hotel or or something or whatever but um we were just such a close team that that we couldn't get enough of just messing with each other like it would it would just be uncontrollable like you'd knock on a door and just throw a bucket of water in a guy's face like it wasn't even leaners at at the end it was just like anything just to piss another guy off so it was good though i read uh, hotels when they see there's a bunch of hockey teams i don't know you know i I gotta get different uh athletes or on here that have a different you know like baseball teams i'm sure they do the same things i just know hockey so well and i can just imagine being a manager of a hotel we got three hockey teams coming in uh just prepare the fans uh no kidding right because you always got the prankster who's the prankster on that team oh boy 
Or were you all just a <sighs> bunch of pranksters? I would have to say, like, McGregor, Sinclair, and Zach, Logan Gainey yeah, were in Zach there. Yeah, Bendel's out there, too. So I seemed like the out-of-town guys were really the ones that like to stir <laughs> yeah. the pot. Oh, he, stirring the pot's so much fun. Oh, yeah, it's nice to see. You just get a rise <laughs> out of somebody. Like, they don't want to be a part of it, but you just keep egging them on, and they just get really mad. Bright. TJ, Lloyd's a, TJ yeah. Lloyd's a good guy to get going. I'd say Bryce is pretty good at firing people up. He still knows <laughs> how to get to me. <laughs> say something yeah. just he knows he knows that he doesn't mean what he'll say it just uh, just to get a rise out of him he's pretty good at it so <laughs> well if you want to do that on air that's totally uh, good you know I, might have to pull it out <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of questions asked uh when i was well, reaching out to you guys to get you on some of the guys who wanted you to come on wanted to know what you guys thought it took to get to the whl like what did you have to do and i know you guys are in a lot of like dry land, uh, a lot of on ice, that kind of thing. But is there any, like, what did you guys have to sacrifice to get to the next level? Yeah, there, there's obviously a lot that goes into it. It's kind of the extracurricular activities, you know, after school, maybe there's a party or something, but you gotta go, go on the ice or maybe get your workout in. I think it's just staying focused on that and treating your body, your body right, eating the right stuff and getting the right sleep in. I think it's just kind of sticking to that that and it really helps out for sure the discipline of it yeah yeah i'd, I'd kind of agree there i think you're in high school whatever and uh i think it becomes more of a i think in your younger days you can get away with a lot more stuff and then um as soon as you get older guys start separating themselves from the pack um because they're doing things that other guys aren't and um i think you just got to figure out what those things are for you um that's going to make you better but i noticed that uh, a big part of it was in high school you got on weekends whatever we're, we're off playing games yeah. and and there's lots of kids going out and boozing and partying and whatever and and doing doing that kind of stuff and um sometimes you think like you're you want to be in that position but um you're you're a lot better off staying away from that stuff and um focusing on what's gonna what's gonna make you a better better person better player in the long run so what uh what age you both start working on oh uh pv i want to say Holy crap! Like I at think the gym was, lifting weights. No, I think it was uh like when we were younger, like that and Pee Wee. I think it was more you know like cardio, ca- like cardio more and just light like, inter- uh, introduction stuff. Cujo conditioning kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, like I've been going to Cujo for like since Pee Wee now. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah I didn't I didn't do a a ton of crazy stuff, but I know in Bantam, um right that's when you start, right, start, start kind of trying to put a little bit of muscle on. Obviously, yeah. it's it's still tough you're still your body's still developing at that point but uh i think that's where i kind of started to to try to get some more muscle you guys going. are gonna both learn this very soon your bodies are still developing yeah. and you're gonna hit like more muscle mass when you're like 25 and you go god i wish i had this when i was 18 yeah, yeah. For sure. you just can't at 18 you just can't put it on some guys yeah. some guys built big yeah. but at like 25 you just get like more yeah. muscle mass than you can even imagine yeah yeah yeah, so I think just obviously not letting yourself get in terrible shape is is a huge part, and then kind of the other stuff will take care of itself as long as you're you're doing the right things on the ice and and uh, and whatnot. So and you're both working with Tap, right? Yeah, yep. I've been working with him for I don't know how many years now. I think since he he coached us. Uh, yeah, I think even right before Pee in a spring hockey year, yeah, that was the first year stars, yeah. we did that. So and. He got to Lloyd and then coached us in PV there, so we've been with him ever since then. So, yeah. and what's been uh, cool about working with Tap? Because I know, 
I, I've come out and helped. Well, this is a long time ago now, but I think I came out and helped tap when I first got back for, call it like a summer, not even. It was a, it was a few sessions, but I remember him working on skating and shooting at the same time. I hope yeah, I'm, there's a bunch of that. And, I, and it is like, I don't know, for me, and I never played in the dub, but watching him do it or trying to do what he was trying to tell me was like, it hurt my brain <laughs> yeah. to try and teach your body to do that. And I assume at a young age, learning some things like that, like what's been some of the cool stuff he's taught you? Yeah, well, I think a big part with, with Tapper growing up was he put us, we'd be young guys going against like guys that are just going to junior, doing one-on-one yeah. battle drills. And Playing corner. up. Yeah, so he, he got us ready to play against guys that are just becoming men kind of thing. And then there's a bunch of technical stuff he works on, like stick handling, but hiding the puck while you're going to shoot, like just trying to find a way to score on the goalie not not letting the goalie know when you're going to shoot so he does a really good job with that stuff when was sure. the first time that you you were in a game and something like that clicked and you were just like oh, oh. <laughs> i don't know even in a game when you when you do something you're not really thinking about it you kind of it just happens naturally but I you guess, don't when you're doing it for so long you don't go back to the hotel and you're just sitting there staring at the wall or watching the ball game or whatever and go that worked really well. Like, I didn't know if Tap, if he knew what he was talking about on that one, but that one really worked. There's been one, like, a couple times where I've done something in a game and Tapper's texting me and he'd be like, oh, hey, <laughs> yeah. that, that worked That out was me. That was me. That was for like, sure yeah. me. So, yeah, I guess there's a couple times. I, I know Bryce has had his fair share of lickings on me <laughs> over the years, uh, but uh, especially he seems to score a lot more against Seattle than I do against Everett. But uh, I just remember there was – one game this year right before Christmas and I happened to score against them and Bryce was actually on the ice at the time or whatever so that's kind of yeah. funny to so think it's, about it's but game you're just going in Christmas time he decides to dash me up so but uh, <laughs> I get a text from Tapper after and he just goes unreal man that's the that's what we've been working on all summer so uh that's one that that sticks out to me recently but um I obviously don't fill the net as much as Bryce does so I don't well, know how many points do you have this year I had 73 this year in how many games? 62? 67. 67. Yeah. And hey, geez, that's pretty good. Yeah, it was a good year for sure. We had a really good team again, so that helps. Yeah, well, that does help. But, yeah. I mean, you put me on a really good team. I am putting up 67. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not easy to do what he did. So <laughs> it was fun to watch, though. What, uh, what's it been like playing in the dub, boys? It's what is it? And yeah. you're still in it. I mean, yeah. but like. Going from Little Town Lloyd, and I and now you're in well, Seattle, yeah. right? Like, that's kind of a big place. Like, yeah. and Everett. I mean, yeah. I didn't realize it's right there, so it's yeah. pretty much Seattle. Yeah, they're basically the same. Yeah, it's different. Like, you start your first year off, you you're not really confident. You know, you're you're dumping the puck a lot, and then once you get to now, like my 19 year old year, you're you're starting to feel like yourself again. You're holding the puck more, making more plays. I think. Once you once you get to junior and you start gaining confidence, it helps so much, so much more for sure. I think. But playing junior has been so much fun. You, you make so much memories and so many great players go through the league. So it's it's really fun to be a part of. Yeah, I think um, you when you go, you miss you miss all your old friends and and whatnot. But uh, playing junior has been a cool experience and it's super humbling too because you know you come from pretty much lighting the lamp every year when you're younger right there's just you obviously to make it to that stage you had to you had to do um a lot of good things and you just felt like you were a um a really important player in minor hockey and then you get to um the dub and it's it's pretty humbling experience playing my my first year I was I didn't play much because I was hurt but 
I was there was some nights where I played a shift. One night I, I remember we were in Brown and I didn't even play a shift, and I'm like, what am I getting myself into here? But uh, as Bryce says, you kind of as years go on. Now I'm 19 and I I got to play a full season this year for uh, the first time, which was which was an awesome experience. So you start to build more confidence and um, a lot of things change, and uh, you kind of start to get your old self back. And uh, yeah, it's good. It's good to see how it looks now. Yeah, we were talking about road trips earlier. I bet you, you got some doozies on that because I don't <laughs> yeah. think you get you don't fly. Do you fly anymore? No, we got some long road trips for sure. Yeah, so you're pretty much like as far west. Like, what yeah. is your closest games? Us. Uh, yeah, Seattle, we're yeah. Oh, oh, sorry. Minus yeah. those. T- minus that. Uh, uh, Portland is ours. Oh yeah, Portland, Portland wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. yeah, it's like two and a half, three hours. Vancouver. Yeah, Vancouver. Oh, let's go the opposite closer. way. What is the worst road trip you got to make? Brandon. Brandon, yeah. How many hours on a bus is that for PG you? PG sucks, too. PG's horrible. Um, I think it's like 22, 23 hours. Yeah, so what do, you, what do you do on that? You you hop on a bus, and you how many games do you play on that road trip? Seven, six. Seven? Yes. However, I don't even know how many, too. Yeah. Six, six games, this, I think. But... Yeah, I think we played... Yeah, we played six because we just played Portland on the way down there because that was that was my first time going down east um, while playing in Seattle. We went this year and um, yeah, it's not a fun drive. But I remember we were going uh, right around the trade deadline, and so everyone's a little on the edge of their seat. Not too comfortable time to ride Fair on the enough. bus, but uh, I remember we drove to Portland. We we uh, pretty sure we got shellacked by Portland a bit. Um, they were a pretty good team, and our our team was. Uh, had a pretty rough sec or first half of the season and we were we thought we were going from portland to lethbridge we were just going to stay over the night there and then drive to brown and the rest of the way after that the next day and next thing you know we show up in seattle and we're all wondering what the heck's going on and three guys get off the bus get called off the bus and so we happened to trade three guys and then we went and we left and this is all in the middle of the night at like two three in the morning everyone's just exhausted like drop off these three guys say a quick goodbye and then we're on the road again back to Lathbridge got to Lathbridge um we ate whatever woke up drove again to Brown and got there traded for new players and then we got to PA later in the trip traded a player got new players and that was probably the most insane trip I've ever been a part of just constantly new guys coming on I think we got like four or five new guys on that trip and we we ended up having a lights out second half but yeah it was it was crazy for me I got nothing like that. I've never, I've never seen that. So. You've been traded though, Jackson. Yeah, yeah. I was. Uh, what I started what, what, what Moose was Shaw, that? So. Yeah. Sorry. What was uh, What was that like getting traded? Was that a shell shock? Were you, you know, like was that tough? Um. Yeah. I. Uh, so I was playing a Moose Jaw, and um, I got hurt my first year. Came back, and Moose Jaw was looking like they were gonna kind of try to go for the championship, and. Uh, I wasn't in a real great position. Obviously, I didn't. I didn't have a much opportunity in the first year, and um, I think it just ended up being best for for me and the team to kind of part ways. And um, so they sent me packing that uh, on the trade deadline to Seattle. And at first, uh, there was a lot of different emotions. I was super excited to to get a fresh start, but um, I had great billets in Moose Jaw and and some some great friends that I had made there. So that was really hard to leave. But um, I was super excited about going to. To Seattle to get a fresh opportunity and it worked out great um I got to I got to play some some minutes um there my first year but uh last year was was really a huge step forward so um yeah it would 
I think if it didn't happen, um, my hockey career could have went a different way. So I'm pretty thankful for that opportunity that I got. Yeah, cool. You uh, you bring up uh, billets. We better give. I had great billets. I give them shout outs over and over and over again on this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how about you guys say who your billet families are and and uh, probably show them some love. Yeah. Um, Pat and Janet Hawes. I've, I've had them for three years now, and they've been unbelievable, unbelievable for us. That. They actually got a sauna um, this year. They have it in the garage, so they they'll do anything for for me and my roommate. Um, they, yeah, they've they've been awesome. They're just another family. It feels like home whenever I go back there. So I can't thank them enough for sure. Well, you pretty much become part of their family, yeah. right? Yeah, it's a cool experience for sure. Yeah, yeah. When you get good ones, it's it is a second family. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my Bellas and Moose Jaw were uh, Mike and Carly and Benalik. Um, they were they were incredible. They uh, they had. Um, some younger kids one kid that uh, is a few years younger than me so me and him bonded pretty well which was uh, which was kind of a cool experience to have a younger brother because I just have a sister growing up um, but uh, there were some times where where I wasn't too happy about life and, and things like that and they were always uh, ready to talk to me after games and uh, support me so they were super incredible that way and then uh, when I got traded to Seattle I uh, I had a single mom um, she uh she had a kid that's a year older than me and me and him got along really well so that was cool and uh her name is lisa hillard um she uh she's a hard-working girl she runs a daycare on her own um she's up at 5 a.m getting stuff prepared for them getting stuff prepared for me and uh my bill brother we uh she made us breakfast and lunch every day which was pretty incredible because not a lot of billets have time to do that especially because she's taking care of a ton of kids so um I'm always uh, thankful for both those families and what they're able to do for me in my time so far. Yeah, absolutely, boys. That's that's awesome. They can never give enough props to the Billet families because they, uh, I mean, we got two good ones sitting in here, but I'm sure we can all think of a couple guys who go through any hockey team that are uh, disastrous to have in a, in a house. And yeah. there's I've heard Billet stories, too, on the flip side where Billet parents aren't the greatest but for all those there's a lot of good people that uh help out and bring kids into their their houses and take care of us and make sure we stay out of trouble and feed us and clothe us and well maybe not clothe us but put uh roof over our head and and uh show us the love that at (laughs) young ages we all need every time every once in a while because you guys are in some pretty stressful situations playing that top tier hockey right like even talk about uh Every level you guys are going to go up, you're going to get against better competition. That's the way it works, right? It's not like all of a sudden you hit a peak and, and then the next year you go up to the next level and it isn't better. If uh, you go on to AHL, NHL, Division One, college, it doesn't matter what level it is. You're going to get better hockey players because mm-hmm. they're all going to be older than you, yeah, right? Yeah. So it just didn't having – they're going to – the age, like I say, at 25, right? My first year – of uh division three um i was a little bit shell-shocked because you're now playing guys that are like four years older than you mm-hmm. yeah. and you haven't had that and four years at that time 21 to 25 that's a big difference and if you go play well ahl or something there's like now you got like 30 some year olds going against you yeah. right yeah. that is yeah. some old man strength <laughs> yeah. gonna be on you and they're smart oh, yeah. you get smarter in the game as you get older you just yeah. learn some things that's, that's what right. you're doing right now yeah so you're constantly learning picking up new little tricks and everything else and then you go up against a, a 30 year old man but then again you guys got young speed and energy <laughs> and that can be wearing on old guys too so 
Um, we were talking uh, off air a little bit about um, the Bantam draft because one of you went. Uh, you went. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, I Sorry, know. Bryce. You went in the. You went in the Bantam draft, and you did not. I did not. So. Well, let's let's chit chat about this a little bit. Uh, you, I think you'd written a note, Jackson, that you were like, you know, lots of kids think they need to get taken in. Yeah, yeah, I, I always kind of like talking about that, just because there's two two different sides to it. Um, getting drafted and get not getting drafted, um, and I didn't get drafted, but uh, it's not the end of the world because I think there there's so many players that aren't ready to get drafted then they're, they're just not physically there and uh there's also lots of players that do get drafted and they're they're over ready I, I see it sometimes happen so um I think for me it worked out I'm, I think I'm still a late bloomer um still trying to figure out uh, uh my game every day and stuff like that and finding my finding my um my best attributes so um for me it worked out uh, I got listed when I was on that midget team that went to Tell's Cup yeah um while we were at the max I got listed by Moose Jaw and, uh, and then I went to their spring camp after that, and um, uh, it went well, and then went to their main camp and uh, ended up signing and playing. So I think uh, either way, you just got to keep your head up, and uh, there's, there's no work, uh, um, or the work's not done, you know, you got to keep going. Yeah. So um, kind of what a lot of people are starting to say now, and it's becoming more of a, a prominent um, setting for players that they have to deal with. So, And Bryce, what, uh, what round are you going uh, third round. So were you? I, I, I haven't. Been, I didn't get taken in the Bantam draft. That's years and years and years ago. And I just remember being like, oh, that that sucks, yeah. right? But were you sitting there uh, watching it, listening to it, uh, or did you just get told? How did that happen? I was actually taking a test at school. I think <laughs> I was just kind of going with the flow. If, if it was gonna happen, it would happen. And my teacher let me have my phone. I think beside me, just to see if. Uh, I'd get a text, and he was actually watching it, I guess, and he looks at me and says, oh, you got drafted, and my phone starts blowing up, and then, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience, but I definitely agree with what Jack's had to say. I think it was maybe a little bit of a head start for sure. It's nice to have a little foundation, but uh, it doesn't matter. It only matters what you do after. I think there's obviously a bunch of players who play in the league who don't get drafted, but it was definitely a cool experience at the time for me, so it was fun. Yeah, really cool. Yeah. Yeah, sitting in class with your phone beside you. That must be a big thing in schools now that they don't allow you to have your phone out or something, eh? Yeah, well, I remember we were taking, like, a government test or just... Like yeah, a big, we, we were, yeah. Whatever, a big kind of test, and we're supposed to throw our phone in the basket, but I was pretty close with my teachers in school, so... Let me, <laughs> swung, uh, swung a deal to get the phone beside you. Listen here, I too. <laughs> uh, did, uh, when both of you left, were you still in school? Yep. Yeah. How was uh, how was that transition? I did online classes, so I actually didn't go to school in Everett. So I maybe did play a little too much video games instead of school, but I did as much as I could there, and then um, came home and finished it off online. So I didn't I didn't really go to high school in my grade twelve year until graduation. Yeah, I, uh, when I went down to Moose, uh, it was nice. It was still uh, Saskatchewan School Division, so uh, it transferred really easy for me, and then. I went to the school there, and um, I actually met some uh, some really close friends that played. Uh, they played on the midget team there. They were the same age as me, so I hung out with, uh, with those guys lots too. And I even I still talk to a few of them, which is cool. So um, I had lots of fun making friends there in Moose Jaw, um, even away from the rink. So that was awesome. And then came back and went to went to school in Lloyd, 
again and, uh, until I graduated there. How I was I was talking with Dwayne Parlett. This is probably a few weeks ago, and he's older than me by not that much. Diesel, I know you're listening, but um, <laughs> he was talking about bouncing around and maybe his school kind of suffered a little bit. Like, is there like when you bounce around a little bit like that? Like, is there just no way, or where you you were fine with it? Like, it was easy to transfer. Or, like, because you're talking about going from Moose Jaw and then back to Lloyd. You're talking about doing online schooling to graduating at a school that you pretty much haven't gone to the entire time, right? Like, what is that like, boys? Yeah, well, in Everett, they have a really good kind of school counselor kind of thing. They, they, I would go while the older guys would work out. I'd go to the school and have my laptop there and do it until it was time for practice or whatever. And we had tutors every day, so it was pretty easy to get my schoolwork done and then get get ready to focus on hockey so i had a really good experience with it actually yeah i uh i was nervous at first going into a new school and i knew um just from hearing from some of the other guys that there's a bit of animosity around the school just because um some of the guys uh already go to school aren't a big fan just because those some of those hockey guys <laughs> carry that that um chip that, on their shoulder you know swagger yeah, that swagger and um states though because it's all football there. Yeah, so. they don't oh, yeah, right. Yeah, they, I noticed yeah. they, they yeah, don't even care about the hockey yeah. players. They don't even know they exist. They didn't go to school there because so, it's all football there. So. But, uh, yeah, I was nervous at first, but it ended up going uh, really well for me and then came back, and uh, it felt like I didn't I didn't miss too much. Um, we were we were all still really close with everyone at the school, yep. even though even though Bryce wasn't uh, there as much in grade 12 um, as maybe I was because I was still in classes with people. But, uh yeah, I, it it was fun. We had a pretty close high school group. Um, uh, yeah, so we lots of us still get together whenever we can. But yeah, well, I hear you guys keep repeating that you're a close group, right? Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah, me and yeah, me me and Bryce and uh, lots of the other guys that we played hockey with have we pretty much hang out all summer. Together, all summer, so, eh? Yeah. 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 yeah you talk about uh, football at the school, Bryce. Did you go watch any high school games? I did not watch any high school football games, to be honest. Um, I'm trying to think if I watched anything. Because <laughs> uh, I didn't go there, but I know a couple. I think a couple guys went and watched football. There was a big team. I forget from where. That was, like, one of the best-ranked high school teams. But And you didn't go? I don't think so. I don't know what I was doing. Uh, I don't think, yeah. You want to see some intense fans? Go to oh, a yeah. high school football game Student in the States. section and stuff like Oh, that. man. The only regret I have in in my college days, I didn't go to a Division One football yeah, game because I heard that, that is unbelievable. Well, yeah. everybody's seen the videos of it now, right? Yeah. Like all the different chants and everything. Yeah. But yeah, high I school did. football is pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't make it out to ten either. I I lived real far from from the rink. I lived uh, our Seattle plays out of um, like a little area called Kent. And uh, I actually live in Auburn, which is like 30 minutes from there. Yeah. So I had quite a drive to everything, and I was uh, I was getting tired of paying for gas all the time. So I probably used that. Yeah, I was pretty stingy on gas down there. So I was probably using that as an excuse not to go to a game or something. <laughs> well, that's a decent reason. Yeah. Do you, uh, with uh, both your teams, boys, do you have to volunteer in the schools, anything like that? Yeah. The past couple of years, I, I've done a couple of school speaking, that kind of stuff, and then a couple like charity events uh this year i went to like a a dog racing thing it was at like a pet store actually yeah and it was going to the charity i think and i got to watch a dog's race it was the weirdest and coolest thing i've ever seen so stu- <laughs> stuff so do dog race like how like around like, a track they, they it was like a little competition they set up like dog food bags like little uh, down the aisles okay and you'd 
there'd be the owner down at the the end holding a tree kind of calling their name and somebody would be holding the dog and their legs would just get going and then and then the winner of that got to race um during the intermission of our games i think so yeah that was, that was different but it's cool to, to do that kind of stuff when you're there yeah i uh i spoke at some schools too we'd always go and read uh lots of mondays we'd go read to kindergarten and grade one kids um just different stories and stuff like that and they usually love that and then um we actually made it out to the ronald mcdonald house um for kids in seattle downtown seattle and served them food uh, a couple times so that was uh that was a pretty surreal experience seeing um just how fortunate we are to to do what we love and um just uh cool to be able to help out um some kids going through uh going through um something not so easy so yeah 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 that's a cool thing about hockey is you get put in a situation where uh you get to help out so many people yeah for sure yeah we made it to a couple hospitals too and it's just it's crazy to see that kind of stuff and realize how lucky we are but it's nice to be a part of that for sure yeah and to give back a little bit right yeah 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 i know when we were in musha too uh when i was in musha for we did a ton of stuff with a special olympics group uh, in musha and uh we just go play floor hockey with um with the guys and there there was um it ranged from kids to to people that are 30 years old and they all doesn't matter the age they're they're just happy to see us and uh it's great it's cool to see the impact that uh just an hour of mini sticks or floor hockey or soccer whatever it is that uh, it has on them those kind of people so yeah cool well i was thinking um I don't know how long we've been going for, but my brain's been fried from this last week. People heard it in the intro. I've been going pretty hard on this uh, fundraising for Brew uh, as he's sitting in the hospital, and we hope he gets better. Um, but I got, I got some, uh, I got some, a couple fun questions here for the end. So, on the bus rides, you both mentioned playing cards. I was curious, what game do you guys play? What's your card game of choice? And is it actually cards, or are you guys playing a game that is hooked up for your stinking phones, and that's no, how you play cards? We play a lot of cards, actually, in Everett. We play a game called President. Okay. Um, so kind of like Asshole? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All yeah, right. that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is, but now Just a more appropriate name. More appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's what we call it, so uh, I think that's about the only one. There's a new game we play called Cops and Robbers. I brought it to these guys a little bit. It's like... There's one guy, or yeah, there's one guy who's like a robber, and he has one card, and everybody just stares at each other, and you're trying to like wink at each other. It's a it's a weird little game, but it's different for sure. Okay, so. fair enough. Okay, that's a new one. That yeah. is definitely one I've never heard of. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we play a lot of president, or as other people like to call it, uh, you know what? Um. <laughs> but uh, no we also no swear words. Um. <laughs> we also play another game that goes by oh, swear words. Censorship world <laughs> asshole is not a freaking swear. I'll say it ten times. It's not, <laughs> But, but that's fine, boys. Yeah, that's fair enough. Uh, we play another game um, <laughs> called Bullcrap. Bull I'm sure you know what else. I mean, I'm sure you know what else that goes by. Um, pretty much, just you have to toss down a card higher than the last one. One card that's one higher than the last one played, and but you put them face down so you don't know if you're yeah. lying on. So you gotta call oh, yeah. the other person out. Um, play that one a lot. Uh, play the guys they got really into gambling this year so that wasn't good but uh, a lot of blackjack and and poker on the bus um there's usually five dollar bills flying around thinking guys are thinking that they're twenty dollar bills so 
uh, stuff like that. We play a ton of cards for some reason at yeah. the back. So. Oh, it's an easy way to have multiple yeah. people in on something. It's a little interaction. Everybody likes to be a little competitive. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. should look up the game Kaiser. That's a four-person, two-player or two-guy uh, team, two versus two. Yeah. I bet you boys like that. That's what we used to play on the bus all yeah, my the time. Yeah, my dad plays that a lot, so I might yeah. have to learn. Take yeah. it to Seattle. Kaiser's a fun strategy game. Um, if you had a time machine, now you guys have not been you're, – you're not that old by any stretch of the imagination. But if you had a time machine, you could go anywhere in the past to any sporting event, where would you go? Oh, geez. We'll start with you, Mr. Bryce, maybe. Any sporting event? Any sporting event. Like, you could go to the Blue Jays' Joe Carter hitting a home run, for instance. But, obviously, if you're not a Blue Jays fan, you go wherever you want. Oh, that's a tough question. I don't watch a lot of sports, to be honest. It's okay, weird. let's let's scratch the sports then. Let's, anywhere you want to take the time machine, where would you go in history? Just leave the sports to the side. Jeez. Um, well, you had me thinking about sports, so... I'm, and I'm just gonna stick with hockey. The the World Junior game where Everly scored with like, oh yeah, four seconds, four left, seconds left. Yeah, that's always in my that's always in my brain for some reason. So. We actually yeah, we got a picture of that in our house of Everly with the puck on his backhand just yeah. as he's putting it in. So oh, yeah, that's that's my choice. That's a cool one. Um, we were talking before um off the air about uh, a little debate that me and my dad and uh, some some of his buddies had at the lake. Um, back in 07 when uh, a guy on Dallas I don't remember who it was but he had an empty net with a few seconds left and uh, missed and fell and then um, I don't even I don't even didn't even fall he tripped. yeah I think he just he might have just purposely biffed after to try to sell the whole fact that he missed the empty net but um, and then Hem- Hemsky goes down uh, for Edmonton and scores uh, with like three seconds left and kind of blew the top off the place I think that would have that maybe be where I go, um, just because it's fresh on my mind and uh, pretty wild. You know, goal. it's it's a sad thing for Oilers fans. We're all Oilers fans, and the best Oilers memory we got <laughs> is Hemsky scoring. They didn't even win that game. No, you know they that? didn't. And they I tried telling my dad that they too. They end up losing like, in overtime. Yeah, right. I, know. Like, I tried saying that. There's not a bunch of what do you get? Oilers moments. In no, <laughs> they got Kenny Holland. What do you think of Kenny Holland coming in? I don't. I don't know who's gonna fix him at this yeah. point. I'm hoping. I'm hoping he does the job. Um, they, yeah, like they should be able to get something going. I think. I mean, you got McDavid, Drysdale. You got a bunch of good guys. I think Hitchcock did pretty good for him, but he's he's getting yeah, pretty they got, old. They got Tippett in now, right? Yeah. They just got Tippett signed as their new coach. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know what to think, but uh, they were pretty well. Good. All you've been, you've lived through, minus. Uh, the glory the, days. The, the Stanley Cup run when they yeah. lose in Game 7, which, hey, I'm in the same boat. I am I was born in 86. I can't remember them hoisting a single of those Stanley Cups. Yeah. And by the time I got in, it was the dark 90s, and we almost <laughs> lose the team, right? And then we get make the we get the Chris Pronger deal, which then we lose Chris Pronger. We all know what happened there. Yeah, that was no right? good. Right? Like, so, <laughs> fair enough. Okay. Um <laughs> Let's stick with the Oilers. We play a game on here called Trade, Sign, Buyout. Okay, so you got three players. You got to trade one. You got to sign one. You got to buy one out. So I'm going to give you the three. McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Hopkins. We'll make it nice and easy or tough on you. We all know who you're signing, so I don't even know why you'd, you'd go against it, but maybe you'll surprise me. No, yeah. I'd sign McDavid for sure. Um, Please. <laughs> This is a hard question. They're all 
They're all really good. Um, <laughs> well, I don't want to give you an easy question. I'd probably trade Dry Sidle. Uh, I, like, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, well, I, you get he's a fifty goal scorer. You get a yeah, lot back. That's yeah, what I'm like, thinking. That's what I mean, you, you get a good, good couple pieces for sure, and then yeah, Biot Hopkins, I think. And Biot Hopkins, yeah, all right. That's, yeah, I think I would. Uh, I would definitely sign McDavid, trade Drysital, like you said, for the pieces, and then Nugent Hopkins probably the cheapest one to buy out. So I'll save the team some money. <laughs> <laughs> I like him though. I like Nuge. Yeah. Well, hopefully, Nuge. He hopefully he doesn't listen in and hear this. Yeah. yeah well, if he is listening, to Nuge, we all love you, yeah. and uh, I hope they don't trade Nuge because right no, now there's huge. talk about yeah. him getting traded for this, that, and the other thing. You're like, yeah. man, just leave it alone. Like yeah. Nuge is. Uh, is an absolute beauty. Yeah. Who is the best player you've ever played with or against? Uh, that's pretty pretty easy for me. I'd say Matthew Barzell. I think we played him so many times, and just seeing the stuff, I think he put me on a couple highlight reels for <laughs> sure. Um, just watching him now, how good he is in the NHL, he's definitely probably the best. He was he was against. that good against you? Uh, in yeah, with Seattle, he was unbelievable. I felt like. Every shaft of pucks just on a stick, and something was happening. So yeah, him for sure. Yeah, I um, I got to play with some guys in Moose Jaw that were pretty good. Um, I played with a guy that had a pretty career year, um, Jaden Hobbigawks. He had seventy goals. His last seventy goals. Seventy goals and seventy two. Seventy games. goals. Seventy goals. He uh, seventy goals. Yeah, no, seventy <laughs> goals. Yeah, seven zero. Seem real. Yeah. He was like one or two shy of the record, I think, in a single season or something. But yeah, it was it was kind of crazy just to see the holy pace. man. He scored, scored fifty goals. the year before that too. Wow, what is he doing now? He plays in the A for uh, San Jose's farm team for the Barracuda. There, I'm gonna have to take a look at that. Like seventy goals. Yeah. I mean, you hear lots of guys getting like hundred points and stuff, which yeah. that that's impressive in itself. But seventy goals, geez, Louise. Yeah. And I think a guy like Brett Howden too that I played with, he uh, he wasn't as flashy, but um, he kind of is just all around. And he plays for uh, New York Rangers now, so he made a pretty quick transition into the NHL. So I think those guys were cool guys that I got the opportunity to play with. If you're in Game 7 and you could have one player, it can be any player, it can be the best player in the NHL right now, McDavid, for all I care, who would you want sitting in your locker room with you? To step on the ice with Sidney Crosby. Is it like a situational thing, or just like the whole game? The whole game. You're walking in uh, Game Seven on your home ice, chance to hoist the Stanley Cup. Who do you want in your dressing room? I'm going Sid. Jackson's going Sid. Yeah. There's a lot of facts. He's done her. He's done her before. I want him home ice. He's done it three times now. Yeah. Yeah. Sid's pretty good. Uh, Would love to have McDavid, but. Gotta go with Sid. More That's, yeah, you know, McDavid's gotta prove himself. I mean he's okay. <laughs> he's just okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Here. It can be any player. Any player. You can say Jackson Kaluski, it's okay. No, I'm, I'm a, I, don't want, <laughs> I don't want him out there. I'll keep the boys dials right in on the <laughs> yeah, bench. Yeah, you know that. A good good guy. Yeah, always, always. Um I'm gonna say I'll just say Ovi for this one. Oh, Alexander Ovechkin. Yeah, I feel like home ice. He, he's got a couple goals in him for sure, and a couple one-timers. A couple one-timers. Yeah, I feel like he he put the team on his back a bit. 
Well, there's another Stanley Cup winner. Yeah, exactly. And I tell you what, when you win, you're going to have one heck of a party. Uh, (laughs) Looks like you had a good time. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, right? Like. (laughs) Yeah, maybe Crosby wouldn't be the best pick. Who knows if he's having a good time after he wins or not. Uh, The final thing I want to talk about, the last uh, um, one here, is I've written down both of you guys. You said the best lessons you've learned in your time so far. So we'll start with Jackson, and I just want you to um, maybe say where you learned it from and, and how it's helped you. Um, your lesson, you said, was show up early, stay late. Yeah, um, I I learned that uh, my dad is crazy about... Um, your dad's crazy? Well, that's well right. not crazy that way, but... <laughs> I'm cra- kidding. I'm teasing. Carries a crazy amount about um, how people per- perceive... Um, your actions and what you do and um he was uh, always on me about uh being on time which meant being early for stuff and whatever and uh and then when i got to seattle um they they're super huge on um having us in early and then having guys stay late um they'll never they'll never actually get mad at you but um they it definitely helps your resume and and uh puts a puts a good taste in the coach's mouth when they see you staying early and uh, or getting there early and staying late, and then um, it was funny because uh, you we talked about that uh, on the, over email, and then I was at work the other day, and uh, a guy came up to me at work, and and he's like, "What were you doing there out front of work?" Really, like, because I was just sitting there having having coffee in my truck, waiting for uh, to go into work, and and uh, I was like, "Oh, it's just early," and he was telling me that uh, that was the greatest piece of advice he ever got was was getting uh, to where we had to go early to make sure uh, that there was no chance of uh, failure when it came to showing up on time. So that's uh, that's probably the biggest one for me. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, that you both can probably speak to this, but that staying late thing or, or coming out early, that's where you get to learn, like I'm thinking on ice now, like that's where you get to work on your, your passing, your shots, your little things, and those extra 15 minutes, you multiply that over time. They always talk about mastering a skill. It takes 10,000 hours. I'm sure Tap said that to you before. Yeah. Um, and if you do those little things over and over and over again and you get those extra 15 minutes, it's just another way to separate yourself from the competition all over again, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. For sure. And as a, as a guy who used to hire guys, there was I always waited to see what time they showed up because mm-hmm. I, I, there's no reason to be late, right? Yeah. And you hold the cards. You you either you want to be the guy that when you show up, you show up on time, and you never have to go while there was traffic and stuff because yeah. you need to be you need to take a responsibility for it. So that's a really, I really like that uh, lesson. That's a really cool thing your dad taught you. Yeah, yeah, and your team's doing for you that for that matter. Yeah, for sure. Pretty thankful for just the lessons that uh, hockey's given me, and obviously my my dad's. Uh, had a big uh, factor in all of those, so absolutely, that's cool, Mr. Bryce. You'd written, you're never out of a fight. I like that one too. Yeah, I think I just learned that through experiences growing up playing hockey. I've been a part of so many games now where, or I've just even watching games. You think you think you're out of it, but there's still so much more you can give, and you never know what's gonna happen. Just one bounce goes one way, and and there you're right back into the game. So I've had a couple of cool experiences being down late in the game, and then just something happens and you know next thing you know you're on top 
And if you can keep that mindset, no matter where you get in a situation, you never feel like you're out of it. You never defeat yeah. yourself before, mm-hmm. right? And you've yeah. all played uh, teams that just never give up, and it's frustrating. Yeah, it's right? the hardest to play against. We're playing you. We're beating you four-one. Just die already, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. They won't yeah. stop. Mm-hmm. It's good to have, just not even in sports either. Just yeah, absolutely. In, life in general, well, that that is life in general. Yeah. Life. Uh, I had Skip Craig on two weeks ago. He used to play for uh, the Boston Bruins, and uh, he finished up his career in Edmonton for the Oilers in the WHA before the uh, NHL, mm-hmm. way before my time and your time. And he's talked about hockey um, mirrors life a lot, and that right there is. <laughs> A big chunk yeah. of it, right? Like, yeah. you, life is can be pretty rough on you sometimes. But yeah. if you never, uh, you know, you're never out of the fight, right? Like, that's a, that's a pretty cool one too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope you boys enjoyed this. I, you're yeah. the two youngest guys I've had on. I was a little bit nervous to to see how this would go with having two guys playing in the dub and talking and not wanting to say crap on air. And <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I appreciate you guys coming in and making time for this and. Uh, I hope your guys is. Uh, I'll be watching how your careers move forward, and maybe down the road we'll have you back on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah, us. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, right on, guys. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Next week on the podcast is Murray McDonnell, who was originally born in Toronto, Ontario, but considers Saskatchewan home, where he's lived for more than forty years. He's a retired teacher who taught for Lashburn for thirty years, and during his time there, he picked up a book read about rugby, and then proceeded to coach it. While coaching, he won Lashburn, or with Lashburn, he won five provincial championships competing against the largest schools in Saskatchewan. He also toured the United Kingdom twice, and he says the biggest thing he tries to instill in his players is building character and building life values. So tune in next week for Murray McDonnell. Until then, guys.